the final frontier. The stories came, contained within this content are the after 5 p.m. and before 8 p.m. escapades of the middle-aged space nerd with the fro. Continuing to talk about things that only interest me for bonus content. I will talk about space news, pop culture in space and shop talk, ramen, and break down the latest episode of Star Trek, whatever is coming out from the latest franchise. And also whatever is popping in my head. If you're up for this journey, just know that this is a metered, shade-laced opinion. If you don't agree, don't subscribe, but I hope you will. And thanks for the support. So what's going on in NASA news? Well, it looks like uh, the beauty of open space is still with uh, and among us. This is not really news or not new today, but um, there have been more images and discussions about Mars habitat uh, being released. This is, I, it just got to Al Jazeera. However, it had been 3D printed and released to the public um, back in March of 24th of 2023. I don't feel so bad. I'm not the only one. It's me and Al Jazeera and the Euro News getting all of um, the delayed news late. But the Sun had it. Also had it too. So, but there's just so much going on in, as far as space travel. Uh, this is not new either. It's like you don't realize how every day uh, things, space detritus, asteroids, etc., not life threatening, but bombard us every day and how much passes us by and doesn't um, actually impact our planet. But I think we're hit almost daily or minute, hourly by space junk and rocks, et cetera, from millions and billions of miles away. They start out huge, but don't cause too much damage. Just cause a blip. Uh, the NASA folks make note, record it, keep it pushing. And I think that's very dope. You know what I mean? What else is going on? They're still talking about uh Victor Glover and the rest of the Artemis 2 crew getting ready to make that slingshot around the moon in year after next. I'm looking forward to that. Um I'm also wondering as part of their physical exams if they check those guys thyroids etc. Even with a big old hole in our ozone, we're still more protected than uh, anybody that spends over 300 days, almost over a year in space as the crew that is going to go up and take part in that mission, even with the protection of the spacesuits. And when they do those walks, I still have concerns about ionizing radiation and its effect on their thyroid. Um, the shift in body lipose distribution is seems to be more pronounced in all of them. 
And it seems like the more that you spend in space, that lipo distribution is just so erratic. And I wonder if that has to do with the combination of the effects on the pancreas as well as the thyroid. Girl, you could take the girl out the pediatric clinic, but you can't take the scientist out the girl. But just saying, wonder if they're doing it. Take a closer look break down all of those and combination of those hormones run the simulations and it may also be that is it cumulative or because if it's necessarily cumulative we may consider upping the time that we're developing protections from ionizing radiation etc and how we can not decondition but decontaminate them How do you reverse some of it before we start restricting man's exposure in space? I think it's a good thing to think about, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Also, NASA images of the day are actually just poetic and beautiful. With the yearly Easter egg roll this year, there's Captain Drew basically shaking a little kid's hand, as well as um, the beauty of the... Saturn's Titan moon um, in comparison to the supermassive planet or gaseous giant. The images is just stunning. And it's wild that the Titan is the name of the starship that plays a pivotal role in this week's Picard. Go figure. If you're greedy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're greedy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're greedy and you know, and and you don't care if you show it, if you're greedy and you know, clap your hands. This is my segment as far as what is Tim Fro is eating and drinking. Um, I'm rounding the corner on having some of the best ramen ever. My joining the ramen club was probably one of the best decisions that I've ever made. I get to come up with more crazy toppings like crab legs and uh, beef, short ribs, etc. cetera. Uh, navigate to the extended podcast notes and the Tim Fro was reading uh, pod, not podcast feed, but Instagram feed um, to see some of my creations for yourself. Um, I'm also had the pleasure to speak with N- Nicole Markarian last week uh, from queen bean coffee and she actually sent me a sampler which i am just completely in love with and i'll be making a coconut rum latte inspired and in part by her coffee and the pictures of those as long as it turns out right will also be in the podcast notes let me know what you think by shooting me an email at temforwasreading.com or drop something in the comments uh, wherever you listen to the pot beam, excuse me, whatever you li- wherever you listen to the podcast. I'm sorry, y'all. times have we heard that um jam y'all ready for this jock jams um uh, 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 u
got to be ready for this. I'm just saying it. There's not a lot going on as far as Dallas Cowboy news. There's still some movement as far as free agency and some late signings that have gone on through um, the end of March. The NFL draft is coming up in a couple, in a week, maybe a couple of weeks. Um, it should be interesting. And it'll probably receive more fanfare than the WNBA draft. Uh, fast forward to, I think, the NBA draft for males is just that. Also, while I was researching this show for the segment, I was finding out that the WNBA draft had already taken place right after the women's NCAA wrapped about a week ago. And then I was going through like the first round draft, looking for LSU players and and including Angel Reese. Um, Nothing on the first round the second round, her teammates, Ladasha William and Alexis Morris, were both drafted. It looks like she will be going, what is this team called? And that's really sad. I have no idea who these emblems, what these emblems stand for. Let's see. Ladasha Williams, if I click on them, Will it bring up their team instead of all these other sponsored bull? Indiana Fever. If I actually click on, wow. If I actually click on the um, picture of the player, it'll actually bring it up underneath their name. So she's going with the Fever. That's not the same team. I don't believe that's not the same team as um, Brittany Griner. Who does Grittany Barner? Let me find this out. I get all sidetracked. It really, I probably should have always. She's on the Mercury, the Phoenix Mercury. I knew it started with the I. <laughs> it's sort of a P or something. But they're not going to be on the same team. And her teammate, Alexis Morris, who I'm also clicking on follow, is going to the Connecticut Sun. They're, it's like their point strategy. Oh, and she's from Texas. Go on, girl which is just remarkable. Um, It seems like the WNBA are going to get some very, very great players. I hope with some longevity, and I'm also hopeful that they're not going to have to go through the same crap that Brittany Griner has to go through or went through. I'm actually planning on hopefully being able to get a hard copy of her Brittany Griner, that is memoir, discussing her unfathomable time in the Russian prison or penal colony. I can only imagine what she lived through. And when you look at her on some of her post-detention photos, it appears that that young woman is still very haunted. Um, But I don't usually like to read trauma memoirs, but I think I'm, I'm all here for that to see what she actually has to say and how she's processed her traumatic time there. What I also found, I had mentioned it in another episode, I was questioning was Angel Reese going to be entering the draft and would the Dream, the Phoenix team, Brittany Griner's team basically be able to draft her because it would be see dopes watching them get a championship. But in true Angel Reese form, she basically said, I'm a sophomore, I'm good. And I can also make more money with her NIL deals than she could ever actually 
make um, in the WNBA. I'm thinking to myself, so as a amateur player, you make still make more than Brittany Griner in them? What kind of crap jap is that? And what is going on? And who's doing the marketing for the WNBA? Y'all need to be shot. And it's keeping college players in longer because they could actually make more dough going to school and playing ball. How cool is that? So think about it, y'all. And what is the dichotomy and who, and they need to get on the marketing to make it to. So also are those deals transferable when they go pro? I don't know. That can only mean greater, better things for the team, attracting better players. If they can, if you can actually continue the financial security from as a transition from amateur to pro, why wouldn't you allow or help them do that? And who's going to be the first business in corporate America to see that light and make help them make that transition? There's enough money to go around. Biodance, evolution of Star Trek. Yo, it's the 1701D, bitch. <laughs> That's right, y'all. If you do not like spoilers, you are not going to like this segment of the show, Tin Froze Bar. Um, I got spoilers for days. And I'm glad this week I not only rewatched last week's episode of Star Trek card, what was it, Surrender, but Vox or The Voice was definitely worth the wait and worth me getting up early in the morning, getting dressed before I have to report to my day job. And it was a, it was just a really dope episode. I connected again with John Champion. I promise I will be uh, sending you your swag very soon um, because the swag I'm going to send you sipping tea in the 10 froze bar cup is just, I, I can only imagine that. But anyways, it was alluded in the news or Star Trek news that the par rates were going to make a comeback. With that information, I went back and I watched DS9, the last, like, uh, season seven, the last, like, eight episodes where uh, the power raves are re- tried to be released from the fire caves um, and Gold Ducat becomes one of their, like, their reverse emissary as well as uh, the Kai Wen, who I can never could stand that particular character. And I was like, why the Proud Raves? Because of their connection to the Dominion um, and the Eighth. And it would make sense that either they, the Proud Raves were in collusion with the Dominion or something similar. And who would hate uh, Solids more besides, you know, them themselves? The Proud Raves were booted out of the Celestial Temple. Still wondering how that works in. And if the Pa Rafes and the B and the Queen were all, it's going to come back. I'm not going to give too much spoilers for Vox the next episode. 
They love to hate. They are hate. And they needed to figure out a way to be transported using the same technology as the solids do, but using it against them to destroy them. Is Jack a rogue Pyrrhus emissary or an emissary in reverse? Could they be their means to control the rest of the collective and that'll come back or would it lead to their demise? They spread hate, chaos, and subjugation and they have to get him back before Jack realizes what he is and whose he is to basically not sever the link, but reestablish the link. The link and the collective and all of these things are going to become more evident in this next episode of Vox, but let me just get there. Data used Lord's arrogance and need for trophies to out and overwrite him and to basically become an integration. And now he's balanced out. It was great to watch the changing leader flushed out the airlock. <laughs> That's a great one. Um, and then she basically freezes and becomes destroyed. And then I was like, well, why is this all of this proximity problems? Why do we need everybody? The re Truly the reunion of the next gen has something to do with what happens next in Vox. It ain't the freaking pirates per se. It's because of the Borg. And that's where uh, Vox picks up. And that's why I've screamed at the top of this segment about the 1701D. Synchronistic technology be has become the beginning of the end of Starfleet and maybe of the Federation. Borg technology, it makes sense because now they're utilizing one of the fascination, the Borg technology. They basically, if we dial back some 30 some odd years, wow, no. But anyways, dial back some 35 odd years, Lacutus or Jean-Luc Picard was uh, kidnapped by the Borg. They made him into Lacutus. He had the implants, most of them removed. He had some type of disease that Starfleet thought was one thing. It ended up being um, pretty advanced board technology. Basically, they wrote code, imprinted it into his DNA, um, and basically infused that into, and that became a part of Jack crusher's dna and it did become activated until he was over 25 after you know started when he was before he started turning 25 jack crusher is a transmitter of sort is different than the cybernetic implants um it can go it can connect the collective and it's only usable in anybody under the age of 25 where their minds are still growing where you can actually if you can uh subjugate you can get them and you can control them evidently they implanted this into the transporters so everybody that has gone through the transporters will now have this new um code assimilation on crack that is what is going on here if it wasn't so diabolical it would be really dope and what also tricked me out is enough of the borg uh, technology has been removed from seven and also Lacutus or has been deactivated that they can't hear her, but it was different. He said, 
John Luke Picard says, even when he was disconnected, he felt that he could still hear the hive in his body. It's because they wove into his DNA like Jack is the technology to be able to be connected to the queen, the ultimate and get back. You know, this is the pussy that grabbed back on an intergalactical sense, which is crazy. I don't think the Borg Queen has a pussy, but oh well. Anyways, she has connections though. And the whole idea of collective and order required the assimilation using the Dominion to be able, because they were the run up to Frontier Day. The beginning of the Federation also was the day of the end of the Federation as we know it and the ultimate in assimilation. And they used our technology against us. And I'm like, I'm in part of the Federation or Starfleet. Girl, too funny, too freaking funny. But what it all required, why the next gen generation? They started where, where they begin on the 1701D. It's, they call it analog the most advanced technology uh, on a starship, but it is not a part of the synchronistic technology. And the one mind thing, the hive, the swarm, all of that becomes activated after the switch and the Vox basically, which Jack has become. And it was just so dope. I think the association with the Gamma Quadrant and the Dominion was great. They want for order and their ability to basically, you know, change into any of the life forms. Their hate is what basically will lead to their downfall. The need for order and for connection, this synchronistic technology is so much more advanced. I don't think the Bork factor in, they allowed this to be, to overtake um, the solids or humans, but the need also for the morality feelings i don't think the overwhelming need uh for a true human connection without pain i don't think she's taken that into consideration and i think the example is with the basically integration of lore and before into data he is going to be the example of what is going to be probably the either the downfall or they're going to beat the borg back for a minute you have to be able to integrate all, even all of the gnarly parts. Um, and you can't just go conquer, 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 assimilate, 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 take over, take over, take over, because that's not necessarily uh, a human trait. It's Borg, but it's not human. And again, survival of a species within bounds. That's what that this whole, I think the whole transition is. You can have a balance of technology as well as uh, human industrialism, but you can't have one at the sacrifice of the other. They can, you can integrate them, find a balance, and all of and everything will thrive. The Borg way, and not necessarily all Federation, but they're going to have to learn to live together. But there's going to be strife first. And all in all, CGI, the action was dope. I'm sad that Shaw is not going to live to fight another day with uh, Seven. I think Raph and um, Seven are going to get together. And this new and more deadly Borg, wow, I can't wait to see what happens next. We're up to episode 10. I think we're coming around to the finale. It's going to be a big, like, Gen Zer war, and I'm here for it all.
I wanted to end my broadcast or this recording with just some fresh beats and as a reminder for us to be kind to ourselves, be kind to our minds, and keep creating. I mean, there's just so much horrible things and mean things going on in the world. And this is not goodbye. This is just until we meet again or until I record and drop another episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Check me out on social media. Tinfro is reading on Instagram, TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter, and Tinfro is reading the book club. I hope to get into a better state of mind as we recover as a nation from just the tragic happenstance of the last several weeks. And again, I admonish you to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Be the action that you want to be. If you want kindness, give kindness, exude kindness, and just love yourself and love others. And again, thank you for listening. Mike Beats.